You're listening to the Career Jump Podcast. Insights, interviews, and success stories to inspire and give you the edge when you make your next career jump. Hosted by your career concierge, Andrew McCaskill. Hello, welcome back to the Executive Career Jump Podcast. I'm your host and career concierge, Andrew McCaskill. And absolutely delighted today to be joined by Rachel Power. How are you doing, Rachel? Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm really, really good. It's been good to talk to you before the episode as well. So Rachel and I have been interacting uh, online. I really like what she's got to say, so I'm excited to have her on to talk to us today. Uh, Rachel, just for people that haven't connected with you yet, could you give us a little bit of background in terms of your story and, and the type of work you get involved with? Sure. So I'm Rachel Power. I have spent 20 years in corporate procurement and recently switched and retrained to become a licensed career coach, which I think has shocked many people as, yeah, 20 years in procurement is a long time, showing my age there. But yeah, I, I fell into procurement from university. So went to, went to school, went to college. Nobody expected me to go to university. So I'm from a working class family where we work hard. And uh, nobody's expecting anyone to go to university. So that was a bit of a shock for my family. But I went to university and, yeah, got on this procurement train. And I loved it and really liked the people, liked the people element. I liked the the fact that you can go in and improve things. So I I really liked that. So by the time I was 25, my whole family thought I made it because I had a Mercedes. And then I went and bought a house in West London. But there was something just not quite right. And I think... To be honest, Andrew, I think I fell into this, this like hamster wheel of I was so busy doing and I was a people pleaser and I was brought up in this you don't ask for help mentality that I, I got lost in this kind of lost in the gravy train for a while and I didn't have the confidence to, to get out of it until, uh, until 2019 when my, my boss at the time managed to hold me to account for what's your career plan, which I'd managed to avoid that question the best part of 20 years yeah she she held me to account and I had to get in the driving seat I guess of of a career that I'd never really planned I love it absolutely love it and good on that boss for holding your feet to the fire and making you do something about it I'm, I really was I love hearing that type of leadership out there people that are, are that in tune with the people and, and really pushing them to do more it's, it's refreshing isn't it it really is refreshing. And I say, so she's she's now a very good friend of mine. So uh, yeah, I, I'll be with her forever probably now. But yeah, I don't think enough people do that. And I think the fact that I got away with not having a proper career plan and managed to dodge that question for so long kind of says it all, doesn't it? That yeah. I'd managed to, I'd managed to every development conversation, bring it back to some kind of project. Because I was a bit of a martyr. I was a bit of a, if, you, if anyone wants work doing, give it to Rachel, she'll do it. Uh, and I managed to turn everything around into the project. Yeah. So you described it as a hamster wheel when you told your story there. Which is <laughs> yeah. What does it feel like to be on the hamster wheel? What does it feel like to be on the hamster wheel? Well, you're just busy, you're busy doing, but not necessarily going anywhere. So I kid you not, I used to, before I had my daughter, I used to work ridiculous hours. I couldn't tell you what I was doing. So I was busy. I was very busy doing something, but I don't know what. And I guess that's why I say the hamster wheel, because you're so busy just going around and around and around. <laughs> you didn't go anywhere. Where were you going? Uh, and that's why I describe it that way of just busy, busy doing, but not necessarily. Yeah, well, we, we wear it like a badge of honour, don't we? That 
yeah, we're yeah. really busy. Oh, I'm hectic today. You know, all of these kind of things yeah. that we say, we wear it almost like a badge of honour, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I don't know if you're familiar with the drama triangle where we talk about the the bitch, the victim and the the martyr. But I was very much at work, the martyr. Like I said, Ra- Rachel will do it. <laughs> and I was putting my hand up. Yeah, yeah, I'll stay all day. I'll do it. And a victim of my own circumstance. And I didn't see, I didn't see it. And it wasn't until, like I said, working with this boss and she held up the mirror. I was like, well, you're very busy and nobody disputes you hardworking, but what's it all about? What are you doing it for? Where are you going with it? And I'd never, I'd never faced those questions before. So it was, it was hard, but it was tough love that was the best, the best thing that could have happened to me. Yeah. And so how does it feel different now? Because you're, you know, you've taken the leap, you're doing your own thing. How does it feel different? Describe the difference in how you feel. I feel, this is going to sound really cheesy, Andrew, but I just feel like it's right. Like it fits me and I'm, I'm playing to my strengths. I'm really interested and it's totally aligned with my values. And I think not to knock anything that I've done before and I've, everybody whatever your experience is not like starting over and I think that's where people get scared they're like oh I've, I've invested 20 years now I've got to stick with this forever so it's not you're not starting again you're building on the experience and whatever learnings that you've had in the past you're building on it but it just feels it just feels right and I feel at home with myself and I've never felt so confident in my life so I talked about being a people pleaser I was also zero confidence, never said what I thought, never really spoke up, bit of a, I think my dad used to say, little girls should be seen and not heard. I don't think he meant for me to take that on into, <laughs> to get into this age, but yeah, you, these things stick with you though, don't they? But what you hear as a child, unless you change the tape, it, it's still there. So yeah, I never, I never used to say what I think. And now I very clearly say what I think, which is how we started speaking, Andrew. Uh, say what I think it just feels right I'm aligned with my values and I just feel like in, again it sounds cheesy but like in my flow yeah no I can see it you, you bring a really good energy with you it, we're on we're on zoom right I'd rather we were in person but I can sense that that's fantastic to hear so whilst you uh you've worked for some of these big blo- global organizations you would have been through and seen various restructures and reorganizations and right sizing uh, redundancies all of this lots of people have obviously been through that in the last 12 months what sort of advice would you have for people who've you know recently been made redundant or going through that kind of process at the moment of their role being made redundant so I went through restructure where my role was impacted four times uh, four times in my daughter's lifetime she's not seven yet so so yeah I went through it many times and I think every time, I say every time, three times, I don't think I'd learn. So I I talked about this whole victim martyr thing. So I was a victim, very much a victim until the last time. But my advice would be take it as an opportunity and it's not personal. It's really not personal. It's not like they've gone around the organization and said, oh, we're going to circle out you. It's not personal. It's business. Take it as an opportunity. Take it as an opportunity to, to take stock and see what it is you actually want. And where you want to go and is are you on the hamster wheel just question like why am I here and is it what I really actually want do I want to stay in this role in this organization yeah just take it as an opportunity would be my advice yeah I think it's hard for people to do that initially but I think 
in the end, when you talk to people, they go, well, if I'm honest, I haven't been happy there for ages. But it just takes that a little bit of time just to manage. It's almost like a grieving process, isn't it? To kind of get your head around the change. I was literally going to say the same thing. It is a grieving process and it it can feel personal and it feels like rejection. And and I get that. And like I said, three times out of four, I felt like that. And I was clinging on to, oh, I must must find a job in this organisation. I must do this, that and the other. And then ended up in jobs that I didn't, they probably weren't the right jobs for me. But I was so preoccupied with, oh, I must, I must get something and not taking that time to reflect. And I think that's really important because if, if you don't take that time to reflect, you will get stuck on a hamster wheel. And like you said, then people say, no, I didn't like the job anyway. Yeah, I think that's great advice. A lot of people, I think, have taken time to reflect over the last 12, 18 months because we've had that space to do so, which has been interesting. I think you know, relationships have got stronger and relationships have broken down. I think some people have got uh, healthier, some people have got a lot unhealthier like this. There's been some interesting, uh, extra- a lot's been exposed, right? Basically. Yeah. When, if somebody who's listening to this right now is going through their own process of trying to understand, you know, who they are and what they want from their career, what kind of things should they be thinking about? What's a, a good way to, to tackle that? It's a difficult task, isn't it? It's a really difficult task and I don't think there's a silver bullet to any of this. I think there's lots of facets to explore, but I'd say the bit that was missing for me and I see it in my clients is this whole, what are your strengths? What are your values? What are your interests? And getting really super clear about that. And then also like, where are you trying to go with your life? So what, this is going to sound really morbid, but I will say it. Like what, if you're going to write your obituary, What's it going to say and what do you want it to say? And just think about that. And people don't generally do that. And it is a bit of a weird thing, I know, to say, but it does make you think. And when I was doing that work with my my boss at the time, she was like, what, where are you going to be on your 90th birthday? So, like, oh, my God, I don't even know where I'm going to be tomorrow. Never mind on my 90th birthday. But it, when you take the time to reflect and really, really think about what it is that you want, and generally people are going to say they want to be healthy and they want to be surrounded by their family and I think the same questions, uh, the same answers come out. Then you've got to think about what's your path to to get there. Hey, everybody, it's uh, Andrew here. Just wanted to very briefly interrupt this podcast episode to tell you a little bit more about our Career Jump Club. So our Career Jump Club was created to help job seekers understand what they want and how to get it, right? So becoming a club member is a great move if you're looking to get the clarity and confidence in order to secure your next role. With the membership, you get a number of different things. So first thing you get is access to our online platform, which has over 30 videos, 40, 50 different templates, workbooks, and it takes you through everything from sort of understanding what you want to how to position your CV and LinkedIn, how to interview, how to close offers and negotiate better salaries, a full end-to-end job search course effectively for senior leaders. So you get that, you get a fortnightly group coaching call, um, which is with me and with the other members where we bounce around best practice, share slide decks, share techniques, and share the latest data on what's working for people. And you get to most importantly, become part of our closed LinkedIn group and our closed community. And in there is where the magic often happens because you get people referring each other into opportunity, supporting each other and just sharing. And that's what it's all about. So if, you're financially able and you'd like to invest in your job search head on over to www.execexeccareerjump.com or one word forward slash club 
and you'll find the landing page and come and give it a go. We'll see you in there. Anyway, back to the pod. Yeah. And from a career point of view, how do you start to kind of unpick what that path might be from a career point of view? So you're starting by the sounds of it more holistic and you're going, right, what do I want my life to be? So what does 2025, Rachel, look like, right? Let, let's think about that. And then you go, okay, that's where my life's going to be. And then this is the role that work's going to play in that. And then how, how would you get from there to working out the types of directions that might be available to you or that you might want to go down? So I think when you're clear on the, the starting point and the end point, you've got to think about your options and there's lots of different ways to do that. And I guess we're in 2021 when we're recording this, like Google is our friend. There's so many resources out there. You can go and you can research different options. I'm not saying this as a plug for career coaches, but I guess I am to, to work with someone to help you go through those options and whittle them down. So a few years ago, I had a mentor who she used to say, Rachel, you're like a kid in a sweet shop. You don't know what you want. And I guess back then, because I wasn't in this place of asking for help, I took that as a criticism and then never did anything with it. So I thought, oh yeah, I am like a kid in a sweet shop because I've got all these options on the table and I don't really know what I want. And I think just having that, that person, and I guess that's where coaching is really valuable to give you that safe space to, to unpick your thoughts. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, you can have so much going on in your head and it's really not clear and it feels like it's bigger than it is. And when you get it all out on paper and I've, with my procurement background, I've done a lot of options, <laughs> options assessments over the time, Like here's the options, here's the pros and cons. And you can actually get it into a logical, logical thing. And on a piece of paper, it doesn't look as daunting, but it's hard to do that. And like I said, I avoided it for years, but just working with someone to help you do that, I would say was probably the quickest way to do it. No, I totally agree, obviously. I genuinely believe in that as well. And it's why I've accessed coaches at various points. A couple of reasons. One, they hold the mirror up very well. And I think that's important. Whereas your loved ones and your friends, they just don't hold the mirror up in the same way. They don't hold you accountable in the same way. No, they don't. And I think sometimes, and a bit like I said at the beginning, when I went to university, no one had been to university. It was a bit like I was some kind of alien. Uh, what, what was she doing? Uh, and they were supportive, but they didn't understand. No. And yeah, like you said, they can't hold the mirror. They don't have the experience of it. They're not they're not trained coaches, are they? They want you. They want what's best for you. And sometimes people think what's best for you is to stay safe and do what you've always done. Yeah. And it certainly looks like a bit of a movement from people working in corporates to people either looking for something smaller, not for profit or to do their own thing. What do you think the big corporates need to do? in order to retain people better? Because I actually see a huge shift at the moment. The most common question I'm getting from clients is, can you help me get into a smaller, fast growth organisation? Can you help me get into a startup? Or can you help me get into a not-for-profit, right? And these are people that are doing the types of jobs that their family would be very proud of them for, but are just going, no, I need to find more meaning in what I'm doing. So in my head, I'm like, wow, I think the big companies have genuinely got a serious problem. And I wonder what your view is as somebody who's been experienced in the corporate world in terms of where they need to go in order to, to make sure that that problem doesn't become you know, really serious for them. Wow, that's so fascinating just to hear that because as you're saying it, I'm thinking, God, I thought it was just me. But no, people are actually coming to you with it. So the question being, what's my advice to the corporates? 
I think the downside of for me it was uh, working in a corporate is the lack of autonomy and decision making and having something that's yours. So you can say it's yours, but it's not really because there's another seven layers of decision making on top. Very frustrating. And then you spend so much time like briefing somebody else who briefs somebody else who briefs somebody else. And then the the message is lost in translation and it's not yours. And then you get frustrated because someone made a decision based on something that they didn't know the facts and data on. And I think giving people true empowerment, which is hard. And I don't know, I don't think there's a silver bullet like there never is on these things, is there? But empowerment, I think, is what people want because people want to own it and be with it, in my experience. And that was certainly true for me. Um, But it's really fascinating you say that that's where it's going because the other thing that I've realised since, I guess, coming out of corporate is how many people are doing these side hustles. And I didn't realise there was this whole world of side hustles. So when we say do what you love, and it's funny because I work with clients who say, yeah, yeah, but I like I need security, which I get. And everybody, we we got mortgages to pay, we got families to feed, all of that good stuff. So I'd never say to somebody recklessly, just quit your job and go and do what you love if you're off on that hamster wheel. That is not my advice, and I want to make that really clear. You need to do it considered and have a finance plan. But yeah, the, learning about these people who've got this side hustle going on, so they're working in a corporate career and then they're doing their their passion thing on the side and growing it. I've been absolutely astounded by how many people are doing it I was like why didn't I know this why didn't I know everyone was doing this so I've literally jumped and I was fortunate enough because I did get made redundant I have a little safety safety window with money but yeah why why didn't I know this uh so anyone who who's listening who's like well I can't just ditch my career I need money and I've got bills to pay it's like no but think about what what else could you do and it could be a healthy thing that that just grows and I think Andrew I guess that's how you grew your yeah, absolutely. Started off just as a, a as a passion project. The side hustle economy is huge. Absolutely. <laughs> I had no idea. I was totally no idea. Yeah, it's huge. I was part of a number of kind of side hustle mastermind groups and stuff at the time. And it's absolutely huge, all the different platforms. But again, the prominence of side hustles is yet further proof that people aren't finding the required meaning in their day-to-day work. Right? Because yeah why are we all feeling the need to set up a side hustle yeah I guess it it, well it goes back to that empowerment but the other thing just thinking and reflecting on the question on the the corporates so and this is a bugbear of mine that I'll be blogging about I don't know if you've heard of the nine box matrix where you get assessed of potential versus your your capability uh your delivery sorry potential versus delivery and if you're if you're low if you're seen as low potential and low delivery, then you're getting performance managed out, which is not really great. Because I think if you come from a place of everybody's trying to do good, everybody came to work to do a good job. If we all assume that is the place everybody came from, perhaps if somebody's getting boxed in there, they're in the wrong job. And I, I have this phrase, it came from my old boss, actually, this whole fish up a tree. So everybody is a genius. But if you I think, I don't know who said it, who said this quote, but if you're a fish up a tree, then you think you're stupid your whole life, whereas actually the fish was meant to be in the water. And I think that's where these people get boxed in. And yeah, they're great, but they're probably in the wrong job and they're not in the right job for them. But in a big organisation, in theory, because it's so big, you should be able to utilise the talents in the right places if you look at it holistically. And I'm not sure, I, I can't speak, I'm not from an HR background, if that really happens as an observer. I, I've never observed it, but... 
there is opportunities because yeah people people want to do good stuff and like you said if people are coming to you saying how can I how can I go and live my passion like well every organization probably needs a bit of everything of course it's all to offer so there's a place for everybody there definitely is there definitely is really really uh interesting discussion that I'll be interested to hear from any of the uh listeners on how they see it going because I'm absolutely convinced there's a big shift happening at the moment and we're being told that the great resignation is coming in the second half of the year so there's a theory at the moment that people have been waiting for the economy to pick back up and that a lot of them have lost trust with their employer during the last 12 to 18 months and wow. there's going to be an unprecedented wave of resignations in the, be- in the second half of the year so it'll be interesting to see if that happens. It will be interesting to see that happens and how how big business react to that because we all need big business in our lives as well. So let's not forget that. Totally. <laughs> like, totally. That is how the world works and all these things that we take for granted that we all the goods and services that we buy. Totally. Yeah, there's a place for everybody. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not anti big business. I'm just anti people not being happy in their work. <laughs> yeah, same here, same here. And I guess I want to make that clear when I say I left a corporate career. It's not saying corporate is bad. It's just that wasn't the right thing for me. And I found my place. But yeah, there's there's a place that works for everybody. But only you know, only you as an individual know what that place is for you. Yeah. And you just need to give yourself permission to get after it, right? Yeah. 100%. Interested to hear, uh, we like uh, books and podcasts on here. Like what sort of content or books or podcasts have, you know, really resonated or had an influence with you? Any recommendations? Well, as we're on Zoom, you can see how many books I have behind me. So... <laughs> Yeah. I love I love my books, so I'm sure you don't want me to list them all. No. So a couple, a couple. So the ones that were were really really helpful to me when I started out on this journey. Um, so what color is your parachute by Richard Bowles? You, you're nodding. You know that one. Um, so just really helping like articulate all those those things. There's lots of good exercises in there to help you work out what it is that makes you tick. I guess. So that was very helpful to me, but it didn't help me to get to my why. So when I did all the book and I was still stuck, I was still, why am I doing this? What, what is it? And then I came across an author called Barbara Sher, who I don't know if you've heard of, but she absolutely awesome lady, American lady who wrote a book called Wishcraft. And it's all about working out what it is you want. And really, yeah, life changing that book was for me and became a very big Barbara Share advocate, uh, which actually led to me becoming a success team leader, which was something that Barbara had initiated in the 80s, I think, just helping groups of people come together and help each other. So one of her quotes is, isolation is the dream killer. And if you think you can do this stuff on your own, you can't, which plays to my point about, and I was brought up not to ask for help, but actually, if you're not going to ask for help, you're probably not going to get very far. So Wishcraft by Barbara Share, love it. And then another one, which is a recent one that, again, being a not helping, not asking for help person is Who's in Your Boardroom by Zella King and Amanda Scott. So a uh, really cool book. And it really helps you articulate what kind of support you need and who those people are. Um, and one of the things that really resonated in that book for me was uh, they call them bingo bosses. So where you pretty much expected your boss to do everything for you, which I did. Um, and play all the different roles that you need so being your sponsor being your challenger being your coach being everything you possibly need and then when that person's not there anymore (laughs) you're back to square one 
So whether they move on in the business or they leave the business or whatever, you're back to square one. But this personal boardroom book's really cool because it talks about the different roles and it really challenges you on not just on who you know right now. So thinking more broadly, like who could you know, who should you know, who might you know. Um, so really cool books. Uh, I won't list any more, otherwise we're probably going to go off time for the no, podcast. No. That's brilliant. There's some new ones, uh, new ones in there for me. So thank you very much for the recommendations. Leaders are readers and all of that. Any podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts at all? So I'm quite new to podcasts. So I've been listening to your podcast, which I really like and giving you a little plug in there. But it is really cool because you bring in the different people. And I'd love to, with everything you've just said today, I'd love to hear you speak to big business more about where they see things going. Because, yeah, the podcasts that you've done are great. The other one that I've been listening to, and it is, I think it's aimed at entrepreneurs, but it would work for anyone who's got a mindset of, well, I can't do this or I'm stuck, is Lucky Bitch by Denise Duffield-Thomas. So mm. she's all about money mindset. Mm. And I certainly had money mindset issues when I started. Like, well, who, who am I to think that I can go off and do this on my own? Who am I to think that I deserve money? And again, it, some of this stuff so deep-rooted from your childhood. Um, and like my childhood brought, like rich people are bad people. It's like yeah. ridiculous. It's like actually the more money you have, the more you can do in the world. So it's, it's empowering. So that one's quite good from a mindset perspective, just to challenge your mindset. Very cool. Yeah, we like that for sure. Diary, another one you'd probably like is uh, Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett, um, which is just the people he has on is just tremendous. And the reason I thought about him while you were talking is you spoke about time and the hamster wheel. And one of the things he does is he has sand timers everywhere in his apartment, in his office and everything so that he's always getting a visual reminder of his own mortality and the fact that time is precious i love this although so, i'm not going to go out and buy more sun timers on amazon i do buy too much but maybe i could get a picture of a sun timer i yeah, like it it's more it's just that being yeah. able to see the time go yeah. away it's just that constant reminder to to make the most out of it isn't it yeah um that's absolutely brilliant so if somebody listening looking for more clarity maybe wants to follow up and get in touch with you in some way what's the best way for people to make contact with rachel Yes, yeah, so the best way to find me is probably just to go to my website, so www.poweryourpotential.co.uk, and from there you'll get links that take you to my Facebook group. I've got some free resources. I've got a really nice resource on six signs you're in the wrong job. Having been myself in the wrong job, I, uh, I feel pretty equipped to give those signs. And some other stuff on there and links to all socials, so www.poweryourpotential.co.uk. Well, make sure you go and check that out. Sounds like some really useful resources. You're very spoilt with your surname as well in terms of the niche that you end up in. That's an unfair advantage, isn't it? <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I've got to stop saying this joke, but I'll say it on a podcast that will get listened to by many people. I only married him for his name. Yeah. Uh, it's not true, but I need to I stop it. saying it. But it is a pretty, it is a cool name if I do say so myself. Very good, very good for marketing. So, hey, look, been really lovely to spend the time today. I think you've put forward some very thought-provoking uh, ideas. Your story's really inspiring as well. So we wish you all the best in the next chapter. Keep in touch. And if you're not following Rachel, please make sure you do. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Andrew. Bye. You've been listening to the Career Jump Podcast with Andrew McCaskill. For more resources and information, just head over to the Career Jump website at www.execcareerjump.com to supercharge your job search and start making moves. Let's get to work. Let's get to work.